safely and appropriately. Can't wait for our congregation and the people of God to be able to be back together in person. Um, so I'm sitting here with Andy Pasek, our youth pastor, who shepherded and guided our uh, profession of faith process. And we are going to tag team, delighted to share the word of God with you this morning from Joshua chapter 1. If you want to hit pause, get a Bible, or surf over to BibleGateway.com, you can follow along with us. Uh, so last week we entered a new series called Life on the Edge, and this is meant to mean a couple of things for sure. Our whole globe is kind of on edge literally right now, but we have been walking with the people of Israel as people freed from slavery in Egypt, free to choose God and walk in his ways. And for the first 40 years, Moses led the way into their new free life, but then came an inevitable moment when Moses died. Joshua chapter 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide or assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them. Joshua and the people of Israel are literally on edge for a couple of reasons. Number one, they have just lost and shepherd and guide. And because of that fresh loss, uh, they are facing a new day and a frightening day. And they are literally on the physical edge of the border between the wilderness and the promised land, seeing the Jordan River. Uh, So the people of Israel are on edge. Their new leader, Joshua, is certainly on edge, embracing this brand new moment. So Andy, please tell us a little more about this character, Joshua, who he is and what's going on. Yeah, so uh, Joshua was Moses' helper, uh, Moses' assistant. He was there at the side of Moses uh, to be of service to him uh, while the uh, Israelites wandered through the desert. He was there to help, he was there to watch, and he was there to learn from Moses. This was all to prepare him for the next big step that he would take, leading God's people into the promised land. Joshua takes up Moses' place when Moses dies, and he's known as the new Moses. They call him the new Moses because he's the the new leader of God's people. In our passage today, we find Joshua standing and looking into the promised land and hearing from God. He's on the brink of a whole new reality, a whole new world, a new land, a new way of life, a new everything. When I think about this spot that Joshua finds himself in, I can't help but not think about our profession of faith students and our students in general. Joshua was a young man, at least in comparison to Moses, and he was the one that God had chosen to lead his people into this new world, into the promised land. Many of our students are standing on the edge of a new world. Eighth graders that are headed off to high school, high school seniors that are headed off to college, and college graduates that are headed into the workforce. I can't help but think about how those that have made profession of faith this morning especially are truly in the midst of standing on the edge and seeing a fresh work that God is doing in their lives. They have proclaimed him. There's no turning back. They've made a public profession of their love of Christ, and that is going to change their world. Looking at Joshua reminds us that God is always for us. His presence surrounds us. And he calls us into new places and new spaces in our lives. When I was writing this, I kept thinking about one of my former students that suffered from a knee injury his junior year of high school. 
and he was standing on the edge of a whole new world. He did all of his due diligence and he was finally cleared after uh, about a year's worth of work of rehab and he was cleared by his doctors and his surgeons to start practicing again. And sports was his life. This is what he wanted to do. The very first time he went out to practice in his backyard, he unfortunately retore his ACL and was told that he would never play sports competitively again. He was standing on the edge of a whole new reality. Something was broken but God was still with him. He stood on the brink of the unknown. He was going to go to college on a scholarship for sports and now he had to rethink everything and he had to put his trust in God, that God was leading him just as God was leading Joshua. God was with him and as he trusted his path, but not the one that he had chosen himself, but that the path that God was leading on him, it became clear. I have to say that I'm super proud of him because now he's a brilliant writer and also positioned himself in a place to minister to his classmates and his roommates that live with him in college. God put him on a new path after he stood at the edge, but it was an amazing and incredible thing that he could never have planned himself. See, I believe that this is the place that God wants us to find ourselves in, a place like Joshua and my student, that there is no other option than to trust God with the plan that he has for our lives the plan that he is doing, and because he loves us, will continue to stay with us and guide us. Awesome. So into moments like the life of the student that Andy was telling us about, and into this um, fragile moment in Joshua's life as he assumes the reins of Moses' leadership, God himself speaks. Joshua 1, verse 6 and 7 say this. Be strong and courageous, this is God speaking. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. God's word directly to Joshua is so clear. Be strong and courageous. And just in case he didn't get it the first time, be strong and very courageous. Now the flip side of strength and courage are flimsiness and fear. And I think the reason that God in Joshua chapter 1 says over and over again to Joshua, be strong and courageous, is because what was going on in Joshua's spirit was a temptation toward flimsiness and fear. Uh, Joshua had just experienced a major grief in life. Right? Moses, his mentor, his shepherd, these enormous shoes to fill. He was being asked to rise up and fill these shoes at the same time having like lost this amazing presence in his life. And God knows he is feeling flimsy and fearful and is encouraging his chosen servant now to be strong and courageous. I think these words are amazingly appropriate for us right now. I know like I personally need them of all the mornings in my life that I have woken up feeling flimsy and fearful. Probably 50% of them have been in the last three months because of the craziness of what's going out in the world. Like, no amount of coffee can touch it, no amount of breakfast cereal or fresh good bacon can touch it. Like, normally those things, like, lift my mood. But we, as a global people, have experienced some griefs, right? Things that we thought were uh, locked-in plans, things that we assumed would happen because they've always happened that were part of the status quo. 
But God is asking us in this moment to let go of our confidence in the status quo or just the way things always were and instead to be strong and courageous in God confidence. I know I am not alone in these feelings. Uh, A few weeks ago, we shared uh, 10 survey questions with our community and uh, about 340 people filled out the survey. So our deep thanks to that um, for the info that it has given us as leaders. one of the, a few of the things that were indicated in this survey is that more than 50% of our community has experienced uh, high levels of worry or anxiety just because of what has transpired in the world. Nearly a third of us admit to experiencing high levels of loneliness or increased levels of depression. And we ought not to undersell these factors when looking at what's going on in the United States of America right now. We live in a society that is knocked off our ordinary balance, like we are off our equilibrium, and part of the powerful outpouring of emotion and anger uh, is just simply due to the grief that everybody is experiencing right now. Here is an even more amazing stat that came through our survey, though. Uh, More than 50% of our congregation, when asked how their sense of closeness to the presence of God and feelings of dependency on uh, the nearness of God indicated higher levels uh, of dependence on God and intimacy with God as a result of the struggles of these last three months. Like That is an incredible testimony to the work of the Holy Spirit and the difference that faith makes. And again, if that doesn't describe you, Currently today, Lord willing, it will describe you again someday, like we're, we're all in process. Um, but we are all in the same kind of spiritual space as Joshua was in Joshua chapter 1, a little on edge. And God keeps repeating, be strong and courageous. Put the flimsiness and the fear aside. And a really honest question is, like, okay, I want to do that, God, but How? Like, is it enough just for God to say, be strong and courageous? Like, do I have to summon up the willpower? Do I just have to try harder to be strong and courageous? Like, God, can you please give us a little direction for how you want us to do that, to lean in to your strength and your courage? And thankfully, God is not silent on this count. Take us deeper. No, in fact, uh, it's amazing because God gives us this command, be strong and courageous, but then he gives us instructions on how to go about obeying this command. Uh, We find this in the next verses here, and I'm going to put this up on the screen and read it for you, but it says this, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, these here are the instructions that God gave to Joshua and the people of Israel in order that they would walk in the word of God and that they would stay close to him so they had the opportunity to be strong and courageous. So those were his instructions 3,000 years ago. But I have to tell you that they are still 100% true today. They were true for the Israelites and Joshua then, but they're true for me and for you right now. Joshua and the Israelites needed to stay rooted in God's word so that they would have ears to hear what God was speaking to them. 
The truth is that this is the same, like I said, for you and for me. We need to be in God's word, studying it, living with it, and meditating on it so that we can know the heart of God and we can hear what he is calling us to do. This is the only way to do that. You need to be in the word. You need to meditate on it. You need to have it on your lips. You can't just say that you're a Christian and never read your Bible and expect that God is going to guide you or that you're going to hear wonderful things from him that are going to put you on a, uh, this path that he has for you. You Just like you can't go to a foreign country that you don't know the language and expect to communicate clearly. You have to know his word. You have to meditate on it. If you don't take the time to learn the language, you will not be able to understand what is being communicated. I remember... Um, with the youth group, uh, we took a, a trip down to Honduras, uh, and I speak the worst Spanish you could possibly imagine. Uh, and we were trying to work on a construction crew, and we were working at this orphanage, uh, and we were working with some of the local people there. Uh, the work took, honestly, probably twice as long as it should have, because I didn't speak Spanish, and they didn't speak English. So we didn't know what the other person was saying. See, I tell this story because I believe that this is what it's like with God when we fail to get into his word, when we fail to read our Bible, when we fail to meditate on it and have it on our lips. See, reading our Bibles and getting into his word is like learning the language of God so that we can hear and we can understand him. This is what he was telling Joshua, and this is what he's telling you and me today. This passage also specifically calls out the law of Moses, and we can we commonly call it the Ten Commandments. These are the law, but they're also a way for us to live our life to the fullest and in the guidelines that will allow us to live with God and live life that is fruitful, a life that is prosperous and successful, one that we know what God is saying. We know his word, and because we know his word, we can hear his voice and know his voice. Pastor Gray is going to take us a little deeper into this passage now. Yeah, so this is a pretty amazing process uh, or promise that when we pay attention to the word of God, when we listen to God's voice, uh, that he will make us prosperous and successful. Um, so as this applies to Joshua, as he leans into this promise from God, like what does this really mean? In America, uh, we have this thing called the prosperity gospel that sometimes uh, preachers spout out to their congregation, and it goes something like this. Hey, if you stick close to God, you will be prosperous, meaning you will get rich, and you will be blessed, which usually comes with dollar signs attached. Like, doesn't this sound awesome? Like, read your Bible, stay in God's word, and you get rich. This is not what God is promising to Joshua. Quite frankly, Jesus himself uh, gives the ultimate a sermon on blessings and promises. If you remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's prospering. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Like in the kingdom of God, that's what success looks like. Prosperous and successful does not mean that everything is going to simply work out effortlessly that you'll be on easy street no matter what. Joshua himself from this moment on had enormous obstacles to face. The minute the people of God crossed over the Jordan River into the promised land, 
there would not only be rivers to cross, there would be high city walls uh, to make war against, and there would be giants to look in the eyes and have to do battle with. How was that going to work out? In the years to come, it was not simple and easy street. There would be scars, there would be losses, there would be difficult battles, and all of that is under the banner of God's promise that God would make Joshua and his people prosperous and successful. Now, an equally valid translation of this little turn of phrase would be that God promises Joshua that he will be prosperous and full of good sense. This word that's translated successful here, 99 times out of 100 in the Old Testament is talking about common sense wisdom or prudence or being full of good sense. So I actually feel like this is a more honest and realistic promise from God that as we lean into his word and obediently walk the narrow way that he has for us, that God will prosper us and give us increased good sense and common sense. If you stick with the word of God in your life, if you keep your feet on Jesus' path, like you can prosper there. You can be confident that even though it's a narrow path, it is solid ground, and you can be rooted and firm of foot right there. And as we walk on Jesus' narrow path, we can also have the God confidence and the good sense that we can take another step, a next step in that direction. This was not a matter of uh, just willpower or trying hard for Joshua. This was a guy who had witnessed in his life the parting of the Red Sea, freedom from Egypt. He had witnessed the glory of God coming down on Mount Sinai. He had witnessed water streaming from a rock, the provision of manna and quail. Joshua knew that real success and real flourishing only came because of the amazing things that God alone was able to do. It was God-based and not human willpower-based. And in this present moment at ECRC, we would be full of good sense if we acknowledge the same. To move forward this summer and into the fall and into 2021, what is not the most important thing is that we are the cleverest church on the block or that we foresee how life is going to be two months or four months down into the future. There's so much that we don't know right now. We simply have to pay attention to the Spirit of God and keep our feet one after another walking faithfully on Jesus' path. So Andy is going to describe uh, what our prosperity and success actually depend on Glory to God, it is not on us. No, it's not. And it, it is a beautiful reminder and repeated in this passage in both uh, uh, verse 5 and verse 9 um, what God is going to do for us. And so in verse 5 it says this, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you. And then in verse 9, it repeats this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, in these verses, God is speaking truth into our lives. He is telling us that he will never leave us and that he will always be at our side. So when he asks us to be strong and courageous, He's also saying, I'm going to be with you always. I'm not going to leave your side. I'm going to walk with you. And this should be a great encouragement to each and every one of us. 
to know that when we stay rooted in his word, when we stay humble to his call, and when we are always on the lookout for how he is working in, his li- in our lives, he is there and his presence is surrounding us. When I think about our profession of faith students that uh, gave their testimony today, I think about the future that they will have ahead of them. I think about the great works that they will do in this world, and I think about how God will use them in mighty ways. My encouragement to those students and to all of us here today is that we would be diligent to keep the word of the Lord on our lips, to be confident in knowing that his presence surrounds us and that he is with us, to take time each day to get into the Bible and to hear what is being whispered to us as we read, to make sure that we stay the course, even when it gets hard, so that we might know that we might understand, and that we might hear our Father's voice when he speaks to us. To have a great God confidence, knowing that he is always with us, and frees us to do amazing things in his name. He is always with us, and will never leave us. This was true for Joshua, it was true for the Israelites, it's true for our profession of faith students, and it's true for me and for you, God is always with us, and God is always for us. He loves us dearly and wants to see us do a good work in his name on this earth. We have a responsibility to share his love to those around us, and that sometimes can get scary. But God says, be strong and courageous. Be rooted in my word. Know that I love you and that I walk with you as you share my love to those around us to share how he is a confidant that sticks closer than a brother and will always walk beside us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. This is the hope and the joy of the Bible, his word, that our God is with us, that he is for us, and that he is always longing for us to join him in the work that he is doing in this world. Even in a time like this, when we're spread apart, we know that God's presence is with us and for us. So will you pray with me as we end today? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for uh, giving us commands like to be strong and courageous. We, Lord, we thank you that you give us instructions to be in your word so that we can be strong and courageous. Lord, so that we can hear your voice. God, I ask that you would give us strength to continue to press on, to get to know you deeper, to long for you. God, I ask that every single person that joins in this service, Lord, that you would put a longing in their heart to know you more. And God, I ask that we would be aware of your presence surrounding us. Lord, you walking beside us. Lord, you giving us strength to enter into a new world to enter into new life. Lord, that as we live life on the edge, that you would give us the strength and the confidence to take that step forward, knowing that you are with us and that you love us. In your mighty and your precious name we pray. Amen.